Monday motivation. Start your week off flying high. Monday motivation. It's your time to rise and shine. Happy Monday, guys. This is Rebecca here with Monday Motivation Podcast. And today I have Almira Bradford with us. Amira is an incredible artist. She works as an instructor at Penguin with a Twist in Aurora and has an incredible story. When I just met Amira, was in her interview, we were doing like a meet and greet and she was talking to Josh, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you. But when I got to see you in your interview, it was incredible. You did a remarkable interview to the point that Kama, the lady from Corporation, she was like, this was the best interview ever. Amira, you are inspiration. I'm excited that you're going to be sharing your story with our listeners. I do think this time, this season that you are sharing is absolutely perfect (laughs) because It's a season of giving, it's a season of hope, and this is all that you represent. You represent the giving, the hope, and um, it's just such an inspired, incredible success story that I know this is just the beginning of what you're sharing with the word about you. So can you just... You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Can you just give a little bit... Uh, of your background story how did you grow up um all right let's see well first of all thank you so much for having me this is different but at the same really exciting to be sharing with you guys um so let's see travel back in time real quick um so I'm originally from Kazakhstan and I lived there for like 14 years of my life and when I was about 11 is when um so not the best childhood, of course, and the social workers like took me away and they took me to an orphanage. And, and then I kind of thought that like that was going to be my life. Like I was going to turn 16 or 15, 16, and then I was going to like have to like going to be like kicked out and like go do something else, like learn a trade, like be a cook or something like that. Uh, but when I turned 14, the craziest thing happened, like an American family like a whole people on the other side of the world just decided that they wanted me. Um, and they came and they met me and they actually thought that I was seven when they came over there. Um, and it turns out that I was 14, which was way older than what they wanted. But for some crazy reasons, still kind of known to me, they decided to get me. And so here I am at 25, 11 years later in America, and I'm loving every moment. Wow, what a big change, right? (laughs) And how you're saying like when you were thinking, man, I'm going to this orphanage and I'm going to grow here and I'm going to have to do something, whatever is that is opportunity given to me, how it is for you now to be an artist and the life that you live here, what is like? Well, it's, it's really crazy. It's way different. Like America, like we really have it so good here. And of course, I am definitely very Americanized now. But um, sometimes like I have like little reminders, I think of things and I'm like, taken back. And I also have a few friends, they're still over in Kazakhstan, but it's really hard over there because 
despite like you may be really talented and you might be like really uh, ambitious, but that may not be enough just because the way that country is like, it's so different from America. The sky like is not the limit. Um, it all depends on like your upbringing, like the money your parents have. Like it's really hard to get like scholarships, even if you're really smart to like make your way. So even though like back home, like I kind of knew that like, oh yeah, I was like relatively smart and I was like relatively talented at art, but I already knew that like there was no way for me to like really make it. I had to be realistic and I had to like learn a trade, like a cook or like a barber, something that was going to give me like definite income. Whereas like here, like it's like, it's so much easier. You just have to be like persistent, keep working at whatever it is that you love. And there's people out there that will support you and then like they will buy your art. But it's just, it's really, it's hard to explain. It's um, like the whole like culture, like the way that people are, I'm guessing is like different. So like, it just comes down to where it's way, way harder back home to like, like make, even make enough money when like at a trade too. Wow, that's crazy. So Amira, how was for you to be you know, part of some of your years in that orphanage, what is the things that you remember the most? Um, it's like so hard. Well, one thing that my mom actually thought was also kind of stuck with her the most too when I was telling her. So, well, to me, it was like, it was like, it was really normal. So like we, there's no such thing as like, you can go take a shower whenever you want you were like told when you t- you can go take a shower and you actually had to go in a different building and you had to like, t- like bathe with everybody else. Like all the girls bathe together, all the guys bathe together. And then especially when it's really cold outside. So I live in Colorado now. Uh, well, we are, I guess, in Colorado. I'm like originally from Louisiana, but uh, it would get so cold back home that by the time you walk back from the other building, your hair would like already be frozen over, like frosted over if your wet hair was showing. Um, just like it was really I guess like restricting there wasn't like much it was it was all like ordered like you were told when you could go eat you were told when you could go outside you were told when to do your homework when to go to school like when to go to bed when to do your chores and you have like a little bit of free time um but it was quite limited too so it was like you were in school without a break basically yes yes and uh and chores, chores all the time. You like, you woke up, you did chores before you went to school. You like left at the end of classes, you had more chores and then you were fed and then you had some free time and then you had chores before you went to bed. But it was like, it was so repetitive and you knew what was going to happen every day. And it was like, so I almost feel like a lot of children in the orphan, just like that, you like lose like that spark. You're just kind of like, you don't see like there's something else you can do like to get out of it. And you already know like, oh, I have two more years and then I'll graduate and then hopefully it will get better. But realistically, unless you have connections or unless like your rich aunt or uncle, somebody showed up out of the blue and like took you away, like your life was kind of like set because by the time you're already like 16, 18, like getting like basic kind of like uh, in like harsher terms kicked out of the orphanage, you're like on your own. Wow. That's amazing. So you you were telling me, I think you listen, this interview is not even over and I'm going to tell you this. 
I know I'm writing a book about my life because we relate in different things. And you should think about writing a book about yours because it's remarkable. And this is just the beginning of what we are talking about, that I am going to help share with the world who you are because it's incredible. This story has to be shared. You are so sweet. Thank you. It brings so much hope. To people, I absolutely love it. So yesterday, when we were packing, yesterday we were doing Operation Christmas Child. We were doing the boxes. You shared some few things with me that deeply, deeply, I came home thinking about it. And you shared about, um, it's going to make me cry. No, don't, because then I will to you. Can you tell me when you got a gift for the first time? That was, I probably almost even remember the date. So I was 12 years old and it was my second year at the shelter. So, because I spent two years at the shelter and two years at an actual orphanage and they're like two different um, things. But, and I didn't even know what was happening because... So I was just excited that like the food was good there in general. And so like you were fed three times a day. And then I remember around the holiday season, because for all my life, like before I lived with my grandma and we like, we never had, like, we never had any kind of celebration. So I knew, and we also celebrated New Year's, not um, Christmas. And I do remember, like I had some friends that like celebrate, they went to church and celebrated Christmas. And I always like wonder it. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, like, I wonder why they go there. Um, and I did know like sometimes they'll get like candy gifts and like little baskets there. And then, but when I was at the shelter, um, we had some people come and I want to say they were Americans, but it was so long ago, I can't remember. But all of a sudden they like, we were in a line and they called us up and we all got boxes. And I do specifically like remember like the, like the plane logo. And I do remember that some boxes were plastic and some were like the green and the red ones because it was just like, it was really amazing. And they're like, and this is like this box, like everything that's in there, it's like all for you. And the most striking image that I remember from that time, of course, like I still, like I still remember how the box smelled. I remember like the crayons, like, but I do remember like how the younger children that like, or me, including to you, like, some of them got the yo-yos and the thing and they like it took us so long to figure out how it worked because we're like there's a ball and a string like we don't know and then some of the really really young children they uh, some of them got toothpaste and it was colored toothpaste and I've never seen colored toothpaste in my life but they like they ate it they did not know (laughs) that it was toothpaste they're like this is like minty and I think I'm gonna eat it (laughs) oh wow and I didn't even know that it was like from America or anything. I just thought like, oh, we got some presents. It's really cool. But when I was adopted and my English was still really bad and we were at church and it was around Christmas because I got it ad- adopted in like June 2007. And then that Christmas rolled around and we were at church and we we're like leaving this service. And there's a bunch of those boxes stacked up because our church was doing it. And I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, like I recognize this box. So uh, when we got home, I got on Google Translate and I was asking my mom like what it was. 
And she said it got sent to children in like other countries. And I was like, well, I've gotten that box. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was the same box that I got twice. That's remarkable. And now I know you organize for us to get the boxes ready and send those boxes out. And this is very important to you because you know how it feels like. Definitely. To like know that like all those things in there are all for you and nobody could take it away. And and just like that, that's not even like from strangers. We didn't even really know who it was from or anything like that, but it was definitely it was it was like the holiday that like lasted the whole the whole year or like a couple years. Wow, that's incredible. So Amira, um if you say like a lot of the people they do those Christmas giving the little child operation box and they never heard back from the people, you know, that that they give, but you can say for sure that those little boxes has a deeply effect in real people's life. Oh, they do. They do. And I, well, the reason I always write a letter in mine and I always include my address is because I do remember there's only just a couple children, I believe. I don't think there were many that did get like a little like letter and like a family photo in their box. So, um, just that was amazing. That. So I know that like, it's just like really great like that it actually like goes somewhere and somebody gets it because a lot of like honestly a lot of like fundraisers and stuff that happens it you don't know like oh does it like oh i'm donating this money is it really like meeting someone's needs or is it like going where it's supposed to go but to be able to say like i've gotten those boxes and i know that children out there that like really need them like get them so that that's like the amazing thing that i know that that they it, get, it gets delivered where it's meant to go that's incredible so amira tell us what is your future goals oh, that's such a hard one um <laughs> i definitely know like now i know that i'm like i'm here for a purpose and that there's there's no such thing as a coincidence like i got adopted so late like in my life that it's almost like a miracle i never thought it was going to happen to me um, so just the fact that like, I'm here that I was able to go to college. Well, I was like the first one of my biological family to like ever go to college. So that's kind of amazing. Um, like I was just like given the second family and the second chance. So I just, I don't know, I hope God kind of like tells me where he wants me to be. Well, right now I kind of feel like I am, I may not be at a place like what I'm supposed to be doing, but I am where I'm supposed to be. And I just know that eventually like I will like I'll be able to like make a difference. Like I want to make a difference and I want to know that like those efforts weren't wasted. Like I just wasn't like adopted and I came here and I'm just going to enjoy my life in America. Like, I don't know, like I definitely know what I'm going to adopt. I've decided that 100 percent doesn't matter. My husband is like against it then I'm gonna like I'm gonna die by myself but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely want to be that person yeah. going and like taking a child and like making yeah. like giving them a second chance and turning their life around you um, know we we relate a lot in this aspect because I feel exactly the same is because I was also adopted in a very late age I was adopted 21 so the family raised one oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is so late I was like come on guys you raised me my entire life because I was adopted so late 
but they raised me my entire life. I feel the same way where I don't want to waste my life, but I want to make something incredible out of my life because of the chance that was given to me. It, it's totally different perspective. I feel like it's just like even looking back, I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but sometimes I think back on my younger years and like little memories that pop up and it almost feels like it didn't happen to me. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way I was able to like live with like three t-shirts and like one pair of pants. Like I have like the whole closet of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> just like all the little things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it reflects. But you know what? The thing is, this only builds you up now. It's not, it's not where you come from, but it's how you're going to end. And I know you're going to have an incredible future. I, I'll be here to cheer you up, to invest in you. And you. I think you are one of the most incredible artists that I ever met. Your artwork and just, it's so much fun to see you, um, just navigating in your gift you know you teach in the studio that we open and to tell you the truth now that I see the studio happening and I was at your class last night and to tell you the truth that when I see that happen it makes me think that this is why we built that place for for you to shine and not only that there's way more opportunities to come that is going to come for you to just be the creative that you are the artist talent giving inspire woman that you are and um it's interesting to share that with other people too like share just like through art yeah yeah it's just united it, it does united people in a very incredible way now let me ask you this do you have a favorite quote? Do you have a word that was spoke to you that helps you to live by, that motivates you? Um, I do have a favorite quote, or well, one of my favorite quotes that I think of the top of my head right now. And I know uh, maybe it was Beckett that said it, not like 100%. A wise man once said it, but it goes something like this. It goes, ever tried, ever failed, no matter try again, fail again, fail better. Because there's no way you can just try at something one time and it's going to be perfect and amazing and you're just going to succeed. Because then you lose that perspective of failure. I feel like if you know something, like your goal, you just have to keep working at it. You may fail like a thousand times. Like J.K. Rowling with the Harry Potter, like so many people turn her down and like look at her now. So that's just like one example that everybody can probably relate to uh, but that's just how I feel. Or like even your past, even at the time you may be like, why is this happening to me? But then later on you look at it and like, oh, that's why. Like, why did I fail at this? Oh, to learn that. And why did I fail again? Well, just so that I wasn't so like, I guess like proud of that accomplishment. So it just like gives you like a little more insight, I guess. So that's why I really like that quote. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And what do you see the future? What is the future like? I don't know. I think it's a little scary. And then at the same time, it's a little bright. Because when I moved to Colorado about a year ago, I didn't know anybody. And I was scared out of my mind. But somehow, I just, I don't know, almost feel like God led me here. And it just kind of happened because it was like all so crazy. And all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm moving in two weeks. Like just packed up my car and came here. 
but I've made so many amazing friends and like met you guys really so so honored to like be working at this studio and it's so fun and definitely a big joy so I don't know I just I feel like things are if I just have faith things are just gonna start falling into place I will. I will, Amira. I just want to say thank you for being here, for sharing your story with our listeners. Please work on that book. We really want to read it. <laughs> maybe one day. You're not the first person to tell me that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll like in you know, other side projects. Sometimes you have to ask the questions, why not? I know. But you're so good at it. You've done so many already. I have oh, come on. <laughs> The question is, why not? Why not to share your story? Yeah. Why not to bring hope to people that need? Why not to try? Why not? That's good. Ah, oh, this was so amazing. Now I just want to go and do things and be productive. That's the goal. That's why we do this podcast. Is to tell Start the first chapter. Things are not as bad as they seem. Right. This is a podcast to tell people to jump. Jump. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how you're going to end. But jump and trust that God's hand is there. And you listen, if you don't ever jump, you never know what is there holding you. That's exactly right. The only chances you regret is the ones you didn't take. Yeah. That's so, Amira, thank you. You're thank amazing. You. Please, uh, how can people see your art? Uh I don't have an official page as of yet. Um, I do have my Instagram and it's okay. Almira19. It's A-L-M-I-R-A 19. And I do post a lot of my art there. But I have been recently thinking that I want to do a specific account just for that. So definitely be on the lookout because it's going to be happening soon. It will. All right, Almira, thank you so much for being here. Monday Motivation Podcast and just keep fighting the fight. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.